Good morning. Stopping the spread. President Biden set to address the nation today, laying out a new strategy to get the pandemic under control with cases and hospitalizations surging from coast to coast. Many of them are younger and they're getting sicker faster. A major concern, outbreaks driven by children now returning to the classroom. This morning, what the White House plans to do to drive down the virus and boost vaccinations. Rainmakers, tropical storm Mindy crashes ashore in Florida overnight, while new storms sweep across the flood-ravaged Northeast. Al's got everything you need to know. Breaking overnight, on display, North Korea stages its first military parade since President Biden took office. The show of force including thousands wearing gas masks and hazmat suits and featuring a rare public appearance by reclusive leader Kim Jong-un. Just ahead, the message he's sending to the White House. Murders, money, and mystery, new developments in the bizarre cases surrounding that prominent South Carolina family. A brother now breaking his silence. What he's saying about the accusations against his own family. All that plus countdown to kickoff. The NFL season getting underway just a few short hours from now. Tom Brady and the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on America's team, the Dallas Cowboys. And Craig, he's there live with an inside look at the big game today, Thursday, September 9th, 2021. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Hey, everybody, welcome to today. So happy you're joining us this Thursday morning. Are you ready for some football? Oh, I am ready for some football. <laughs> uh, Bucks versus Cowboys, it's on. It's tonight. Craig is ready. He's at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa for us this morning. Craig, how you doing? On assignment in quotes. <laughs> oh, oh, this is a tough one. This is a tough one. We'll have a preview of tonight's big game coming up. We'll also have a look at the season ahead as well. Good to see both of you. Can we Football's see back, baby. Can yeah. we see your arm? Can you just throw it? Let's see what you got. I knew oh, it. The other direction. How about that? Yeah, <laughs> it was good. It's good. Uh, we'll oh, work with, <laughs> oh. Yeah, then we could really, really coach you. Oh, it's coming back. Oh, wait, here it goes. Go. Craig Orr. That's what I'm talking about. That's right. All right, we got a lot more to get to, including you might have seen it. It was we peaked at our plaza this morning. Rough weather up and down the East Coast, including Tropical Storm Mindy crashing ashore in Florida overnight just hours after that storm formed in the Gulf. It is expected to head out back to sea around noon today. Al is here. He's got more on the timing and the track of that storm. But we do start with President Biden addressing the country later today, mapping out a new plan to take on the coronavirus a year and a half into the pandemic as the U.S. experiences yet another surge. NBC's Carrie Sanders is in Florida, where there are mounting concerns about kids and the new school year. Hey, Carrie, good morning. Well, good morning, Hoda. With young people still ineligible for vaccines. The White House says the president's speech later today will focus on keeping kids and educators safe. Schools the country are now open, but at the same time, we're seeing some setbacks, in some cases, outbreaks, and unfortunately, school staff deaths. 
With the country still in the grips of the pandemic, President Biden this morning is preparing to outline a new way forward in the fight against COVID-19, set to deliver what the White House calls a six-step plan to increase vaccinations and get control of the highly contagious Delta variant, which accounts for more than 99% of new infections. And we are still at war with the virus and with the Delta variants. Part of the president's focus, the White House says, will be making it safer for kids to go to school. Most are now back to in-person learning, even as children under 12 are not yet able to be vaccinated. The most pressing need, according to health experts, improving testing and helping schools control outbreaks. What do you want from the president right now? Quite frankly, simplify and hone in on specific CDC guidelines for schools. The White House also wants to help districts trying to impose mask mandates. There have been fierce school board debates on masking. This week, a Tennessee student pleading for safe COVID practices was mocked in a now viral video. Last year, my grandmother died of COVID because someone wasn't wearing a mask. This is a very... This is a very... In Florida's largest school district, Miami-Dade County, three teachers and 10 other staff members have died from COVID since the start of the new school year. All 13 were unvaccinated. Nationwide, 14 million Americans received their first vaccine dose last month, up 4 million from July. But tens of millions have yet to roll up their sleeves, leaving some to wonder what more the federal government can do to change the current trajectory. The messages continue to be the same and they're not working. So clearly we need to understand what message will work. So uh, Kerry, Los Angeles is becoming, I think, the first city to mandate vaccines for all students who are eligible. What more do you know about that? That's right, Los Angeles, which is the second largest school district in the nation with 600,000 students, is expected to announce a vaccine mandate for children 12 and older. This is likely going to set up a debate because we've already seen people fighting over masks, and now with the vaccine mandate, it likely will lead to more protests. In Los Angeles, about half of the students who are 12 and older are already vaccinated. This comes at the time when more than 1,000 colleges and universities have already established vaccine mandates for students to go on campus. Hoda? All right, Carrie Sanders. Carrie, thank you. And a quick programming note, President Biden, address, his, his address is scheduled for 5 p.m. Eastern today. NBC News will have live coverage on many of these stations. And now those new rounds of severe weather in areas that could really use a break. More rain here in parts of the flood-ravaged northeast and overnight along the Gulf Coast. Tropical storm Mindy made landfall in Florida, now spreading rain and high winds across the southeast. Al is standing by. He's got the forecast. But first, NBC's Kristen Dahlgren with the latest. Hi, Kristen. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Savannah. Yeah, the rain starting up here again this morning. This is an area that has been on eggshells. You can see all the damage left behind by Ida. Now they're bracing for these next storms, even as so many are still looking for help. Overnight, Tropical Storm Mindy making landfall near the Florida Panhandle. Heavy rain and high winds creating rough surf, blowing this semi-truck off the road near Tallahassee. The storm's impact sweeping throughout the south, expected to bring possibly up to six inches of rain in some areas. Meanwhile, the devastating toll of Ida continues to be felt across the northeast. New York City tapping into a new alert system for the latest storm. 
Mayor Bill de Blasio detailing the climate-driven rain response plan in light of Ida's aftermath. And what we're going to be doing from now on is giving people information with uh, a sense that we know how rapidly weather is changing now like nothing we've ever seen before. Residents in the hardest hit areas worried what the new weather will bring. We're seeing this is a flood zone. I'm ready to go. I don't want to be in it again. There's not a lot we could we could do to prepare for it. We could just pray that it's just going to be a rainstorm and, and that's it. There's not a lot to lose. Leaders in New Jersey pushing for more federal aid. In this small town, this is the fourth major storm that has devastated our town in 25 years. Our community needs help. We're not the only one, but we need help. In the South, Hurricane Ida's devastation still growing. I don't really have any words to say. It's very heartbreaking. I don't know what we're going to do from here. More than 80 have now died. Louisiana reporting 11 additional storm-related deaths from Ida. The lights are back on for some in the Bayou State. But more than 10 days after Ida made landfall, hundreds of thousands remain without power. We'll, we'll make it. We'll get through it. I don't mean to cry. <laughs> but uh, it's just, it's hard. It's a lot. And while here we haven't seen the major flash flooding that we did with Ida, this rain certainly hasn't helped with the cleanup. House after house looks just like this. Some people saying they're not sure they'll ever get back into their homes here, Savannah. Kristen Dahlgren in Manville, New Jersey for us. Kristen, thank you. It's so important to keep a spotlight on Louisiana. Still really hurting, but let's bring in Al for the latest on what to expect here today. Mr. Roker, morning. Yeah, guys, the good news is this isn't going to be that horrendous, horrendous weather that we had the last couple of days. But you can do see so you can see we've got these showers now pushing through some heavier thunderstorms, especially along the coast today. A low pressure will be developing along this as it moves up through the north. We're going to be looking at the heaviest rainfall east of New York, Long Island, on into New England. Some places picking up an inch to two inches of rain could even be a little bit more as you get down east Maine with locally four inches of rain there. And then we're also talking about Mindy. It's a tropical depression. It formed really quickly overnight. Now it is down to a depression. 80 miles south-southeast of Valdosta, 35-mile-per-hour winds, moving northeast at 20 miles per hour. It's going to be a quick mover. Showers and thunderstorms push off very quickly out into the Atlantic. Heaviest rain is going to be along the southeastern Atlantic coast, isolated areas of 4 inches, but generally about 1 to 2 inches. Guys? All right, Al, thank you. And now to that overnight show of fours from North Korea holding its first military parade since President Biden took office. Kim Jong-un on hand at that event featured some rather unexpected sights. NBC's Kelly Kobie is on the story this morning. Kelly, good morning. Savannah, good morning to you. Yeah, this is a parade that's held every year to mark the founding of the country. It's usually used as a stage for North Korea to flex its military muscle, roll out, roll out its latest military hardware and get the attention of the world and specifically the United States. But this year, it was subdued. A midnight military parade in Pyongyang, complete with soldiers marching in formation, flags and fireworks. The first of its kind since President Biden took office. But unlike many previous parades, there was no sign of suspected ballistic missiles like these showcased shortly before Biden took office. 
The Biden administration has been trying to recalibrate the relationship with North Korea after multiple meetings between President Trump and Kim Jong-un failed to result in North Korea giving up its nuclear arsenal. History suggests that North Korea should have carried out some major provocations by now. They did it uh, immediately with the Trump administration. They did it within two months of uh, Obama's inauguration. The Biden administration offering recently to meet with the regime. The United States does not have hostile intent towards the DPRK. I continue to stand ready to meet with my North Korean counterparts anywhere at any time. Also absent from the parade overnight, a speech from the visible but noticeably thinner North Korean leader Kim Jong-un, whose presence was noted by cheering crowds. This could e either be a sign of illness that has caused weight loss, or it could be some massive diet that he went on because his health condition is quite, quite poor for somebody his age. One of the most striking images, rows of people in bright orange hazmat suits and gas masks. State media reportedly saying the unit is used to protect the country and its people during the COVID pandemic. Kim Jong-un recently addressing COVID measures in the secretive state, turning down an offer of United Nations-backed vaccines for the country, instead saying North Korea would fight the pandemic, quote, our style. Kelly, as mentioned, this was not like other parades we've seen, not as much of a military display. So what exactly was behind that change? What do the experts think might have been the goal here? Well, you saw much more of a, sort of a nod towards civilian services like the military reservists who are, help, are used to help build big infrastructure projects. And as I mentioned, those people marching in hazmat suits and masks, a nod to the fight against the pandemic. So it looks like this was geared much more toward a domestic audience rather than an international audience, more of a morale booster for this country where there are reports of food shortages and other uh, deep economic problems. In fact, it was interesting that Kim Jong-un did not make a speech. In fact, uh, the speech was left to a member of the Workers' Party who urged fellow North Koreans to, quote, get through or endure the present-day crisis. So it looks like this was a message for the people of North Korea. Savannah. Always fascinating. Try to read the tea leaves there, Kelly. Thank you very much. Meantime, there is new fallout tied to the January 6th riot at the U.S. Capitol. Supporters of the insurrectionists charged after the siege are planning to hold a new rally in Washington later this month, and there are fears it could lead to more violence. NBC's Garrett Hake has more on that. Hey, Garrett, good morning. Hey, Hoda, good morning. Yeah, this rally's organizer insists his event will be peaceful, and he's instructing attendees to be respectful of the police. But nerves here on Capitol Hill are still raw, and Capitol Police are taking no chances with security. Capitol Police plan to encircle the House and Senate once again with a seven-foot-tall metal fence. That's according to a person familiar with the discussions as concerns mount about a pro-insurrectionist rally planned for next weekend. The Capitol Police Department and lawmakers preparing for the worst. And now these people are coming back to praise the people who were out to kill, out to kill members of Congress. According to organizers, the Justice for J6 rally on the Capitol's West Lawn aims to show support for the 599 people since arrested for their roles in the January 6th insurrection and for Ashley Babbitt, the woman shot dead by Capitol Police near the House floor. We're going to raise our voices in defense of our fellow Americans who've had their rights and due process violated. We're going to raise our voices demanding justice for Ashley Babbitt. 
In an exclusive interview last month with Lester Holt, the officer who shot Babbitt describing the encounter this way. If they get to that through that door, they're in the House chamber and upon the members of Congress. Rally organizer Matt Brainard telling NBC News the fence is unnecessary, pointing to his group's history of peaceful protests. Former Seattle Police Chief Carmen Best says Capitol Police are right to prepare for a worst-case scenario. One thing we do know that is predictable is that people can be unpredictable. So again, you have to really prepare for all um, levels of uh, act uh, because you just don't know for sure. All this comes as the FBI released new video of the suspect who left pipe bombs outside the Democratic and Republican headquarters buildings the night before the January 6th Capitol attack. Neither bomb went off, but investigators believe both were fully functional. The FBI believes the suspect is not from the D.C. area, but they know almost nothing else about the would-be bomber, perhaps the biggest remaining unsolved mystery of January 6th. The FBI says they've conducted more than 800 interviews and collected more than 23,000 video files as they search for that bombing suspect. They've also received more than 300 tips, but they're asking the public for a little more help as they keep investigating. Hoda. All right, Garrett Hickforce there at the Capitol. Garrett, thank you. I want to turn back to our top story, the weather. you got the rest of the forecast. That's right. Let's look at what's going on around the rest of the country. Record highs do continue out west. We're going to look at that more in detail coming up in the next half hour. Fire risk continues in the northern plains. Beautiful day from the Great Lakes all the way down to the Gulf Coast with temperatures fairly seasonal to above average, and that's going to start to change as we get into next week and all up and down the east coast. Heavy rain. We're looking at Mindy moving off the coast with bringing some heavier showers and thunder storms to the southeastern Atlantic coast. And that's your latest weather. Hoda? All right, Al, thank you. Uh, coming up, was the shooting of a prominent attorney in South Carolina caught on video? The questions and mysteries surrounding his family growing by the day, his brother breaking his silence. You'll want to hear what he's saying in the latest twists and turns. Plus, Craig's live in Tampa, and he uh -huh. is ready for some yeah. football. What's up, guys? Good Thursday morning. By the way, tonight's opening game should be a good one. Tom Brady and the reigning Super Bowl champs taking on America's team, those Dallas Cowboys. We're going to take you inside that matchup. We'll also take you inside the many storylines that we'll be following this season. But first, this is today on NBC. Hey guys, Willie Geist here, reminding you to check out the Sunday Sit-Down Podcast. On this week's episode, I get together with Chris Pine to talk about a career that has taken him from Star Trek to Wonder Woman, and now the new film he wrote, directed, and stars in called Pool Man. You can get our conversation for free wherever you download your podcasts. Hello parents, homeschoolers, and teachers. Trusty narrator here from the Who Smarted Podcast. Our 15-minute episodes are perfect for car rides, bedtime, break time, class time, or any time. We make learning science and history fun and funny for 7 to 11-year-olds with new episodes every week. Look for Who Smarted on any podcast platform or at whosmarted.com. And teachers get a free subscription to our ad-free version by clicking educators at whosmarted.com. We're mm. back to scenes of the iconic <laughs> Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. This is how it looked before the pandemic. Yeah. We always had marching bands. Yes. We had oodles of cheerleaders. Yes. But last year was mostly a virtual event. The parade went on, but it wasn't like it had been in years past. Well, this year's 95th mm. edition, it's just been announced, is going to be back along its traditional route. 
thousands of participants. And yes, we're talking about Thanksgiving already. Cannot wait. I like this though. Staff and volunteers, they've got to be vaccinated. They've got to wear masks. We don't know about fans, but I don't care as yes. right now, as long as the parade goes on. As long as we the get bands. the marching bands, we, we got to have the bands. Mm -hmm. Let's get to the headlines here at 730. The trial of former Silicon Valley billionaire Elizabeth Holmes is now underway in California. During opening statements yesterday, prosecutors laid out their case, saying that Holmes and her multi-billion dollar company Theranos defrauded not just investors, but also doctors and patients. Holmes' attorneys defended her as a hardworking entrepreneur who relied on the advice from the wrong people. She's pleaded not guilty to 10 counts of wire fraud and two counts of conspiracy. If convicted, Holmes faces up to 20 years in prison. Some sad news from Hollywood this morning. Michael Constantine, best known as the father in the hit movie My Big Fat Greek Wedding, has died. Constantine was the son of Greek immigrants. His career spanned over five decades, appearing in dozens of movies and TV shows. In 1970, he won an Emmy for his role as the principal on the ABC comedy Room 222. Michael Constantine was 94 years old. And New York Yankees great Derek Jeter is now a member of baseball's most exclusive club. Jeter was inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame yesterday during a ceremony in Cooperstown. He played his entire 20-year career with the Yankees, winning five World Series rings. And during his speech, the 14-time All-Star paid tribute to his family and Yankees fans. You have a dream, you believe in that dream, and you surround yourself with people who are going to encourage you, support you, challenge you, be honest with you, and help nurture that dream. It started with my family, but it included so many more. Also inducted into the Hall of Fame, Colorado Rockies slugger Larry Walker, St. Louis Cardinals great Ted Simmons, and late labor pioneer Marvin Miller. Mm -hmm. Great news for him. His wife and kids were in the audience looking so sweet, too. So wow. congrats to Derek. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Also this morning, there are even more questions about the events leading up to the stunning fall of a prominent South Carolina attorney, Alex Murdoch. Well, now his brother is speaking out for the first time about the latest twists. NBC's Katie Beck joins us now with more. Hey, Katie, good morning. Good morning. The Murdoch family has remained mostly quiet as investigators continue to work their case. But this morning, Alec Murdoch's brother is making a rare statement. And we are learning that alleged shooting on Saturday may have been captured on video. The mystery surrounding the Murdoch family taking several new turns. On Wednesday, Alec Murdoch's brother Randy speaking out, saying in a statement released by his law firm, he was shocked to learn of Alec's alleged drug addiction and suspected financial crimes, adding, while I will support him in his recovery, I do not support, condone, or excuse his conduct in stealing by manipulating his most trusted relationships. Randy Murdoch, who has never been accused of any wrongdoing, spoke out in support of his brother earlier this year after Alec told police he discovered his wife Maggie and son Paul murdered in June. His voice, the fear, he was just distraught. Alec Murdoch announced this week he was leaving the law firm his family has been part of for generations and entering rehab after the firm accused him of misappropriating funds. Alec Murdoch's legal team released a new statement saying Alec hopes that his conduct does not distract from law enforcement's efforts to find who murdered his wife Maggie and son Paul and bring anyone responsible to justice. NBC News learning there could be video of Saturday's alleged roadside incident that left Alec Murdoch hospitalized. 
Here along this desolate country road is where Alec Murdoch says he was shot on Saturday after getting a flat tire. As it turns out, there's a church nearby with a surveillance camera pointed near the incident. Church leaders tell us that sled investigators confiscated that videotape before anyone had a chance to watch it. It's unclear what, if anything, the video showed. State authorities are still investigating the alleged shooting and have not named any suspects or made any arrests. This summer's string of shocking events is shining new light on old incidents involving the Murdoch family, including the 2018 wrongful death settlement of Gloria Satterfield, who, according to NBC affiliate WCBD, was Murdoch's housekeeper. Court documents say the 57-year-old woman died as the result of a trip and fall accident in Hampton County. Alec Murdoch was listed as the defendant, though his possible role in the accident is unclear. Now, South Carolina investigators have released no information about these ongoing investigations. And people in the community tell me that's creating a real sense of fear and anxiety as they are seeing these incidents of violence and growing number of cases remain unsolved. Savannah? There are so many pieces to this puzzle. One issue, of course, is this allegation that uh, Mr. Murdoch misused funds at his own law firm. Do you have any sense of how much? Have you been given any inf information about that? Yeah, Murdoch's attorneys say that amount is sure to be substantial, Savannah, and it could be in the millions of dollars. That firm is going to be doing a forensic audit to see exactly how this happened and exactly how much money was taken. Savannah. All right, Katie, back down in South Carolina for us. Thank you. All right, uh, just ahead, we're going to take a turn. And Craig, he's in Tampa. It's kickoff time for the new season of the NFL. Hey, Craig. What's up, Hoda? Savannah, good to see both of you. We're talking about tonight's opening matchup. Tom Brady's Buccaneers taking on America's team, the Dallas Cowboys. We're going to have everything you need to know, not just about tonight's game, but this season. The league, the fans, some of the issues as the NFL returns right after this. Alpha One Niner, commence Wi-Fi device checklist. Laptops on. TVs streaming. Game console consoling. Smart thermostat set for cuddle time. Doorbell camera. Oh, my package is here. Fast, reliable, able to power tons of devices inside your home at once. All systems go. You are clear for takeoff. This is Xfinity Internet, Wi-Fi built to wow. And watch the short film, The Aviators, now playing at Xfinity.com. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and are not guaranteed. I know we want to talk football, and we will. We're going to talk about the return of the NFL in just a couple of seconds with Craig. But first, Mr. Roker, what's cooking? Oh, I love that music. Come you know, on. We Come got, we got, we got our football forecast going up. And oh, who's going oh. to be with up? Craig, your guy? Rico. Yeah, right. Tariko's yes. coming up. Tariko is coming up. But before that, let's bring you some weather out west where we're looking at, unfortunately, dangerous heat. 13 million people under heat advisories or heat warnings. These temperatures unseasonably warm. We could see records in Winnemucca, Eli, Salt Lake City, Winslow, Tahoe City, Denver, Casper, and Albuquerque. I knew I should have taken that left turn in Albuquerque. We are looking tomorrow <laughs> that heat continuing above average temperatures for Denver, Bismarck. 
Bismarck, Tulsa, Lubbock, also Salt Lake City. And that heat is going to be making its way to the east. Omaha by Saturday, you're at 92. Upper 80s in Nashville, low 90s in Little Rock, Albuquerque, New Mexico, with temperatures in the mid-90s around there. And here's what we're looking at also as far as fire danger. Still 8 million people impacted. Strong winds. The daytime temperatures 10 to 20 degrees above average. And with all that smoke, we've got air quality advisories, unhealthy air from the Pacific Northwest all the way into the Rockies. And that is your latest weather, ladies. All right, Al, as we mentioned, this is a day football fans have been anxiously <laughs> awaiting for. It's been seven long months, and now it's time for the return of the Let's NFL. Let's go. The season kicks off in Tampa tonight. It'll be right here on NBC. Craig is in position at Raymond James Stadium, uh -huh. home of the reigning Super Bowl champs. Craig, good morning. What's up, Savannah? Good to see you guys. You know, you called it Tampa Bay. Down here, they call it Champa Bay. They've been doing that ever since they won the Super Bowl. Big matchup tonight. The Bucks, Tom Brady, Dak Prescott, the Dallas Cowboys, football fans everywhere eager for the season to start. The league's second, by the way, in this pandemic. And this year, the playbook once again is changing. The Bucks are in the building ahead of an epic matchup. The Super Bowl champs versus America's team. Get it right out of the gates. Cowboys Bucks. I love that choice. Tom Brady at 44 years old facing off against Dallas Cowboys QB Dak Prescott looking to bounce back after a devastating injury. The Cowboys hoping to rebound after a disappointing 2020 season. Thursday night night game starting uh, starting the season off. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't want it any other way. We'll be excited and uh, we're playing against a really good football team. Brady and the Bucks returning to Tampa. The scene of their greatest triumph, defeating the defending champion Kansas City Chiefs last season to become the only team to win a Super Bowl in their home stadium. That game played in front of only about 24,000 fans and cardboard cutouts. Tonight, Raymond James Stadium will be packed with a sellout crowd of 67,000 expected. Thing that we missed the most were our fans. Brady revealed recently that he battled COVID after the team's Super Bowl victory boat parade, where he memorably celebrated on the water and off. He worries the virus could sideline the season. We're certainly at more risk this year than we put ourselves in last year. It'd be very disappointing to miss games. You know, you feel like you've done everything right. And hopefully we can just navigate it as best we possibly can. I know every team's dealing with the same stuff. The NFL says 93% of players are fully vaccinated. The Players Association is now calling for daily testing of players, up from the weekly testing currently required by the league. Last year, the NFL managed to play the whole 17-game season without canceling a single game, although some games were postponed. Tonight, the Bucks raised their championship banner in a pregame ceremony, as stars from Rob Gronkowski to the ageless Brady get ready to play host again. The fans are ready to get back and cheer on their teams in person. Tom Brady's back, right? Come on. Win or lose, I just hope it's a good game. Go Cowboys. Now, it's game time. And after a long wait, the teams and their fans are ready for some football. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Uh, by the way, we we're just talking about the vaccination rates, 93% of the, the, the players in the league. Two teams fully vaccinated. We heard earlier this week from Bruce Arians, the head coach here in Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, one of those teams fully vaccinated, and so are the Atlanta Falcons. We should also point out another big change this season. 
one more week of games. Last year, 16 games. This year, you'll get 17 games over 18 weeks, which means, of course, even more football, ladies. More wings, yeah. you know, more chili. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Hey, and Craig, there's more, there are more number changes, too, going on, right? Yeah, this year they're going to allow uh, they're going to allow single digits to be worn by the linebackers and the wide receivers, which was uh, something that they had been pushing for for a while. I'm impressed, Mr. Roker. I didn't. I didn't was know that you a were thing? Into the, was that, 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 that like just that. came to you? No, it was in the teleprompter. You were supposed to say it earlier, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I just I just thought I'd I thought he was it. like Tarico. You were like suddenly you the spirit of Tarico. Wow. Cool. Wow. All right. I'll we should mention, by the way, Savannah, you mentioned Tarika. Yeah. Uh, Mike's going to join me in just a few minutes to look cool. at some of the other storylines uh, throughout the season. So, Mr. Roker's arch nemesis, Mike Tarico, will be I here can't wait. Well. <laughs> Why? Uh, Tarico. Yeah, the split <laughs> right. screen will be on. Craig, right. thank you again. You can catch the big game tonight. Uh-huh. Yeah, coverage starts at 7 p.m. Eastern, so get busy. All right. Coming up, popular brands you know and trust being copied by scammers who are coming for your money, your personal info. It's happening all over social media. Vicki Wynn's got the details and how you can spot the fakes. But first, these messages. We're back saying good morning to Carson. Good morning, Good Carson. morning, guys. Coming up, we got a packed pop start for you this morning, including some big pregnancy news out of Hollywood. And also, wait until you see this brand new video for a powerful duet featuring country superstars Carrie Underwood and Jason Aldean. We'll have that and a whole lot more on snack Pop Star. On the way. And Snack Bracket results, yes. 